Welcome to this brand new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. This podcast is hosted by Mark van Horek and myself, Elias Krum, and brought to you by Marketing Guys, the MarTech agency based out of the Netherlands. Welcome to this new episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. Uh, today I have Valentin Radu, who is the CEO at OmniConvert, and what they do, he's going to explain in a bit. But first of all, can you introduce yourself, Valentin? Of course, Elias, thanks for having me into the show. I'm a former ex-poor kid from Bucharest, Romania. I founded uh, four companies so far. I'm obsessed about customer lifetime value. Nowadays, I'm uh, crafting OmniConvert, which is a solution for e-commerce companies willing to become data-driven and customer-centric, which are basically buzzwords about uh, how they can grow their company by looking at uh, their customers and understanding them, uh, uh, them better. Okay, cool. That's something very interesting you're telling me there because um, by nature, I would say e-commerce companies are data-driven. But my experience says that uh, a lot of e-commerce companies are not that data-driven. They own the data, but they're not using it. What's your take on that? Yeah, there is a a problem here because uh, if you... Uh, there is that saying that if you squeeze the data, it can confess anything. And many, uh, many companies, many e-commerce professionals and marketeers are just looking in Google Analytics and pretty much that's what they do. And I, I'm a former e-commerce entrepreneur myself. I've co-founded uh, the largest online car insurance player here in uh, in Romania back in 2012. I've made the exit from that company and I, I was using this software, Rescue Time, to to see how am I spending my time. And I was spending around three and a half hours every day in Google Analytics. And I was looking at the data, but I wasn't acting on it. So it's a a huge difference between having the data and then uh, transforming the data into insights and then leveraging those, those insights, like taking actions based on uh, based on the insights. And I have, I think at this moment, the market is heavily biased towards uh, attribution models, towards uh, looking at the pre-purchase on the visitor behavior. And in the e-commerce, for instance, uh, there is a there is a disconnection about what happens post-purchase. And basically what uh, that that's what I think it's uh, it's happening at uh, at this moment. And there is a gold mine which is being hidden in the first party data, in the customer uh, uh, data, which is not being leveraged properly by the e-commerce marketers. So if you're talking about that first party data, what kind of systems do e-commerce, what, what kind of systems are you referring to? Would that be like Magento or any kind of owned data? What what kind of first data are you talking about? Yeah. So uh, at, at this moment, depending on the uh, e-commerce platform that you are using, let's pretend pre- that you are using Shopify or Magento or Vitex or whatever type of e-commerce platform. Those platforms are not meant to give you the insights about the customer behavior. So basically, even though if you are having uh, the list of your customers, even though you can look at uh, uh, the sales and the revenue, these are only shallow metrics. And uh, uh, in order to grow an e-commerce, you need to look at what's causing the revenue and the profit to to, to be there. So that's why you need a, a deeper understanding about the root causes of revenue and the profit. And uh, the systems that uh, I'm referring to are uh, analytics tools, which can allow you to see 
okay, these are our best customers. For instance, with our technology, we I'm obsessed about uh, the RFM segmentation, which uh, stands for recency, frequency, and monetary value. So many companies out there are simply acquiring customers. They put a lot of their efforts and their budgets into acquisition, but they are not even looking, looking at the cohort uh, stickiness rate, for instance, or customer mm-hmm. lifetime value, or they are not measuring the, the balance between how much am I investing to acquire a customer, which is customer acquisition cost, and how much am I getting down the line from, an, uh, uh, from a customer, which is customer lifetime value. Without knowing those things, many companies are shooting in the dark. And it's a pity because now the competition is so uh, uh, extreme that you simply can't throw spaghetti on the wall and uh, hope that that sticks. You have to be customer centric. <laughs> yeah, and it's it's almost seems like like an open door, right? Because you're competing as a, as an e-commerce uh, any any shop, you're comp- competing against all the the big players like like Amazon and there's local players in in the US and and Germany and Europe, etc. Um so you have to be data driven you own the data but why do you think that that data isn't interpreted very well how what what's what's the cause that marketers are not using that data although they do have the data the paradox here elias is that uh, uh, this happens due to the fact that the big players the ones that have invested interests like the 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 digital ad networks have that data and know that they they they, they have to brainwash the whole market uh, uh, around customer acquisition. So basically, uh, many marketers are putting the equal sign between growth and ad spend. And that means if your training is being made by uh, Facebook or Google ads and whatever, that then that means you will be biased towards thinking that you should be looking only at the uh, visitor data and only at things like uh, ROAS, which I think is a stupid metric, by the way. Or mm-hmm. uh, th- why, why is that? Like, why is that? Because it's used a lot. Yeah, it is it, because it's not taking into account other costs. So let's say our marketing budget, our budget on uh, to, to spend money on Facebook, it's uh, 10 grand, right? So we are investing 10K. But we also have other costs to acquire those customers. Maybe we we spend 15K per month in other things like uh, the tools, like the salaries of the staff, like the agency fees. And Mm -hmm. if you look at ROS, you'll have a biased, uh, uh, biased estimate about the impact. And God forbid, if you look at the ROS uh, as Facebook is uh, reporting, or uh, if you don't have an attribution model that can be accurate. And by the way, I don't think attribution uh, is a, a problem that should be uh, tried to solve anymore because you simply can't. So it's a, it's not an endeavor that you should be doing. Uh, you should be looking to solve. You should be looking at the marketing efficiency ratio and customer lifetime value and customer acquisition cost, and then drill down into a, the efficiency of the channels that you are investing into. Okay, cool. So to make this a little more tangible, can you give some examples of, let's say, successes that you have achieved or maybe failures that you've seen uh, that you that you've seen with customers and that make this all a little more tangible for listeners yeah of course of course Elias so basically the the solution that we have it's it's a methodology right so instead of uh, starting to acquire customers with all sorts of creative messaging 
our suggestion is to start by validating that you have product market fit, validating which are your uh, money makers in terms of the products. And so drilling down into the data and looking at the, the segments of your best customers and understanding who they are, what they buy, why they buy, and what makes them come back to buy again. Because once you know that, then guess what? Your acquisition is going to be more effective than it used to be. So uh, there is a there is a methodology that starts with customer research, which is one of the most uh, neglected part of marketing, but it should be uh, the, the first part of it, right? So you, mm -hmm. you, you should start with the research. You should start with understanding that your products are bridges, right? So your product is like a bridge between the current state where the customers are struggling, they have some needs or desires, and the future uh, desired outcome of your customer. So unless you understand what's the job to be done by your products and who are your ideal customers, there's no, I don't think it's a it's a good idea to, to pour money into, uh, into ads with all sorts of uh, messages and creatives. Mm -hmm. So our methodology, and we also invested heavily into building a whole academy around this, is called CVO, which stands for Customer Value Optimization. And we have the CVO Academy with the Harvard Business School professors and the practitioners, that are uh, teaching uh, people about how to do this uh, CVO happen. And our approach is to start by, by doing customer research, segmenting your best customers, and then asking them, doing uh, surveys or in-depth customer interviews to understand what kind of struggles and jobs to be done your products have to do. And after that, craft different messaging, acquiring the right customers and crafting better customer uh, experiences. And to, to give you just uh, just an example here, uh, there is one uh, company that uh, used this, uh, the, this methodology and uh, our technology as well. And uh, they, they, they are from Australia. They were selling um, paint by numbers, if you are familiar with mm -hmm. that. Absolutely, right? so they were yeah canvases and uh, the, by doing this type of customer research they understood which are their ideal customers and what kind of jobs to be done they had so they had a lot of surprises around that and instead of continuing just to acquire everyone they focused on their uh, on the on the single people which uh, ladies which were single and they were ha having a, a hard time spending uh, uh, by by looking at netflix so they've also uh, understood that they are not competing with the, only with the, their direct competitors, but with Netflix and other ways to to spend your time. But the outcome was that they were looking for a better self-esteem and uh, they were looking for ways to love themselves. And if you can imagine, so basically the the painting by numbers, doing this type of canvas increases your self-esteem and uh, you 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 love yourself more. Let's say so by mm -hmm. understanding that the whole messaging was changed and there. Their onboarding was completely differently because they've onboarded uh, their customers differently. Instead of pushing buy again, buy again, they understood that consumption, so creating, doing your canvas, doing that, uh, that, that paint happening, it was mandatory and it's a no-brainer, but many companies are falling into this trap, right? It's a no-brainer that customers must consume, use the product before uh, trying to push another uh, another purchase. And that, that was of the success stories that we have but we have plenty of them and we don't have enough time to to share all all of them uh, here elias i love this valentine because the the thing i particularly love is that basically what you're saying here is you should push put the customer central so and that's one of the things i i think we share here is that 
Um, we've all learned back in school, maybe, for me, that was the 90s, um, to put, you know, in marketing, you put your customer central. So what we've seen the last 20 years, especially with the, the bigger companies like, well, you mentioned them, Google, Facebook. So what, what I've seen is a tendency amongst marketers to just use, or maybe I should say misuse data in order to sell people stuff they don't want to have. You know, we're just, instead of yeah. looking, looking what the customer needs are, what your ideal customer is, what your ideal customer needs and help them to fulfill that need. We're trying to manipulate the data and to find as much data as possible to actually sell someone something they don't they don't really need. Um, and what you're saying here is you should put the 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 uh, the, the customer central, especially so. Uh, the thing you 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 shared about the painting by numbers or paint by numbers company in in Australia is that you're basically having a a, a share of wallet with with Netflix. So, and that's yeah. like the, the marketing that, that works, right? So if you're doing that kind of thing, put your customer central, your marketing is going to work. And um, so few, I would say marketers in, in I think B2C and e-commerce, but also in B2B are, are doing this. Um, what are some of the steps that marketers should do in, in order to start working like this? Yeah, I think the, the the first thing that they need is to look at their own data. So many companies are having an aha moment. Once they look into their data and they realize, you know what? Only 20% of our customers generate 70% uh, of our revenue. So once you see that Pareto actually is there in terms of uh, the distribution of the revenue mm -hmm. versus the distribution of the customers. The 80-20 rule. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You, you can see that, uh, uh, hey, I must do something about this. I mean, it, the, a lot of customers are are uh, placing only one order. But guess what? The ones which do place more than three orders make up for, I don't know, 45% of our revenue. One one interesting uh, insight that we have, we have a benchmark which is available on uh, on our website, by the way. Uh, one single ideal customer generates uh, uh, as much net margin as 327 low-value customers. So basically, imagine how much uh, uh, wastage, how big is the media wastage on, uh, on acquiring customers that are not fit with messages that are not relevant for them. So Unless you, you you do this, then it's pretty hard. And one way to do it is by simply using a technology that uh, allows them to segment their customers. Of course, we we create such a technology, but uh, there are uh, uh, there are other ways to do it. You can uh, you can look for technologies that allows you to do RFM segmentation because once you see that you have I don't know lovers or ex lovers, right? You have formal mm -hmm. loyal customers that haven't bought in the last year, but it's it, 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 it it's it's making you this reality, this truth. Which is ugly. It's making you think, and it's uh, it's making you emotional as a marketeer or as an e-commerce manager. Because unless you have some emotions, you will uh, make the things as you always have done. Because change is hard, and what we are suggesting here is that we need to change our mindset and we need to change our ways. And unless we change our ways, we can't expect uh, for different results. But guess what? Few are the companies which are really excited about their current results so it's clear that the change must must come and we are uh, definitely uh, aware that that change is from shifting your attention from just acquiring customers 
to looking at the whole customer journey by understanding the whole life cycle marketing, right? And, and once you understand that, then you, you will be in a position to, to be curious. But unless you're curious, you, you will do whatever you, you've done so uh, uh, until today. Mm-hmm. Cool. So uh, given the fact that you have uh, done so many projects with customers, there must be some learnings or failures that you've seen that marketers should avoid when they start working like this. So let's say I'm a marketer with an e-commerce website and I want to start interpreting that data, uh, look into Mm -hmm. our our best customers, et cetera. What are some of the mistakes to avoid? Yeah, uh, one of the first mistakes is that uh, they start uh, doing the campaigns right off their, their RFM segmentation. So you understand these are your customers and you start doing different uh, onboarding campaigns, different reactivation campaigns. By the way, these are the worst in terms of effectiveness because once they are gone, they are gone. I mean, there are few chances that you will reactivate your, your I don't know, 50,000 mm-hmm. customers that you lost uh, last year's. But, uh, and what that's one mistake. So you don't have to jump into doing different campaigns unless you do customer research. So it's the order of, of operations, basically, Elias, like in math, right? You you do, yeah. you need to, to, to respect the order of operations. Another mistake that uh, is very often is that uh, they don't respect the, the Buddha's uh, middle, uh, uh, middle way, right? So basically, the extremes are not good. So many, uh, many marketeers, uh, become excited about the customer retention rate or about the customer lifetime value and they neglect their acquisition. So uh, as um, if you don't have new customers coming in, you don't, you will not have someone to retain anymore. So basically it takes two to tango. You need both acquisition and retention to make things happen. And depending on your purchase frequency, so how dependent are you on future purchases from the same uh, customers, depending on your vertical, basically the industry that you're in, this can be more important than the other. So for instance, if you sell, I don't know, coffee or tea or food or fast moving consumer goods, it's clear that the purchase frequency is high. So you are heavily dependent on customer lifetime value. While mm-hmm. if you're selling mattresses, then that's not so uh, important because you, you you buy a mattress every, I don't, I don't know, five to seven years. So that's uh, that that's another mistake. So the first one is that they jump directly into doing different campaigns without knowing why the customers stop buying. Another mistake is that they prioritize retention too much. And I've seen a, a, a company, a real example, a company that uh, uh, was so dependent on customer retention, but they they stopped acquiring the right customers. They they've seen this as a as an opportunity to to decrease their marketing budget. But guess what? They haven't uh, been that present in uh, in their market and their uh, uh, customer lifetime value grew, but their customer base was going down. So they, that meant uh, for, for them was a, a, a mini disaster, let's say. And last but not the least, the third mistake that I see at people at, uh, which are fo- shifting their focus towards lifecycle marketing is that they they don't go the extra mile in in terms of experimenting so this is uh, uh, there are four types of uh, cvo campaigns there are the acquisition campaigns everyone does that the onboarding campaigns the retention campaigns so the nurturing one the prevention ones and the reactivation campaigns all of those must be tweaked 
while mm-hmm. most of the, comp- cust- the, 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 the companies are just experimenting with the acquisition campaign. So all of those should be put in place and then tweaked. There is an ongoing experimentation. So customer value optimization, it's an ongoing sport. It's not like a project that you do and you tick a box and that's it. That's some great advice, Valentin. With that, I think we're through because we're through time and I need to conclude the interview, but I love talking to you. It's some very valuable advice to both e-commerce, but I think to marketers, digital marketers in general. And I would like to thank you very much for being on the podcast. I, I will share a link to your website where people can find the benchmark that you just referred to. I will also share a link to your LinkedIn profile, uh, so Valentin Radu. Um, And again, thank you very much, Valentin, for being on the Marketing Technology Podcast. Sure, Elias. Thanks a lot for having me today and thanks everyone for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Marketing Technology Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform or iTunes. Also, if you want to be a guest or know someone that should be a guest to our show, shoot me an email on e.crum at marketingguys.nl. Thank you for listening.